Well, on this episode of Geek Out Loud, I tell you what, we're doing it again. We are rocking and rolling, talking some what if. What if we talk what if again? It's your safe place to geek out. It's the Geek Out Loud podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Geek Out Loud and Chewy's Cantina. This is your safe place to geek out and your fun place to hang out and talk toys. This is Geek Out Loud and Chewy's Cantina once again coming coming together to uh, to celebrate the stuff we love. In this case, uh, Disney Plus's Marvel series What If, and we are talking the latest two episodes of What If. I'm Steve Glosson. I am not alone, ladies and gentlemen. I have, of course, uh, and those of you who are watching us over in the cantina, you know this already, or if you're watching on YouTube later on, you know this already. I have with me Lethargic Chewy himself. He is the, uh, the, 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 um, what do you have? The bartender at the cantina. He's the proprietor of the cantina. He is, uh, Lucas Butler. Hey, Lucas, how's it going, man? Hello, hello out there. It's good to see everybody. Well, I don't know if we can really see. I can see two of you. And hello in here. And hello and hello up in here. Hello all up in here. Oh, man, I'm excited. We had a great time a couple of weeks ago. When we did our first installment of our discussion of What If. And so I'm looking forward to it. I've, I've watched these new episodes, episode three and four, and ready to go after it tonight. I'm I understand excited. you've also looked for Easter eggs. I have. I got my basket out. Uh, ate some Cadbury eggs while I did it. I found, I think I found some. I'm, I'm trying, I'm trying to live up to your standards, Steve. We'll see how I do. You know, I have no standards, ladies and gentlemen. Also with us, of course, is uh, he? He's getting sorted right now um, with his uh, with his sorting hat upon his head. Um, we welcome him. He's our dear friend. He just told you all about Doctor Strange over in the cantina. Uh, it's Adam Bray. What's going on, Adam? Uh oh, we've lost you, Adam. You've muted yourself. Uh, you Adam. Uh, I, hey, hey, Hufflepuff. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> you bunch of Hufflepuffs, you. Adam, let's let's talk. Let's talk really quickly. Doctor Strange uh, action figures. As you were walking through those. I do think that the new Spider-Man, no, it's No Way Home, by the way, is the title of <laughs> yeah. the Spider-Man movie. I know, we had um, it on the screen, he's like, uh, I, 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 do, I do believe that Doctor Strange that's coming with that wave is a, uh, is a, is a completely new sculpt and everything. Okay. Um, but you, Good. but I, I'm still waiting for them to do a proper classic uh, comic book Doctor Strange a la the Toy Biz Doctor Strange, Marvel Legends. Which is a great figure, but that cape that he has, that cloak of levitation he has, yeah. is so, I mean, it is just solid rubbery. And I mean, it's it's a little bit flexible and flimsy, but it's very heavy. 
And so those Toy Biz mm-hmm. figures were so heavy on the articulation that all of those joints over time wear out. And so he can't stand uh, he can't stand under his own weight under that cloak. I have one, and I actually uh, in another group got someone to make me a custom cape for him to wear, wired cape that'll flow that looks like it's flowing everything. And I am so very happy. Like honestly, Hasbro has its work cut out for it to outdo the Toy Biz version of that classic Doctor the classic classic toy the Marvel looking Doctor Strange, which is, you know, which I would love to get. Maybe they'll do one when they uh, when they rock the Multiverse of Madness wave down the line. So, But it's good to have you with us, sir, as always. Yeah, glad to be here. So we are talking what if. And you know what? I didn't mention last time, everyone th- who, who listens, thanks so much for listening to us and, and being a part of this. Email us at geekoutonline at gmail.com with your thoughts about what if as you watch them. We're doing these every two weeks, and we're... We're knocking back two episodes at a time uh, to, uh, you know, just to, because it's easier for us to get together every two weeks than every week. So, um, so, but we'd love to hear your thoughts on this show. I'll I tell you what, guys, personally, as, as we get into this, I think the show has, the, the, these episodes are getting progressively better and, and a little bit more depth and texture to them uh, from a storytelling standpoint. These these last two episodes are everything I remember what if stories being. A little bit Twilight Zony, a little bit um, you know, not necessarily a happy ending uh for the most part, and very much a what have we learned kind of thing. And so um I I've really I've really liked these. I still don't know that they're supposed to be connected to anything else, you know, per se, but I, I do. Uh, there, there may be one connection that we'll talk about as we get there. So, just like last week, Adam, is there a favorite of these two episodes that you have? Is there one you like better than the other? Um, gosh, that's hard to say. Uh, you know, I'll be honest. I found them both to be a bit of a downer. Yes. Um, yep. The, yep. Sec- the second one more of a downer than the first one. I Indeed. Mean, how can you collect? eliminate a whole universe <laughs> and be happy about it. Right. Um, Polar alert. But, yeah. um, it's, it's hard to pick because, you know, I, when I worked on the visual studio book, um, I really dove in depth to um, Dr. Strange and I got to name a bunch of things in the book concerning him. Um, and so I really fell in love with the movie, you know, I really got into it. Um, so I, I like this because of the connection to the movie so strong. Um, on the other hand, I, the, the, that other episode, um, that starts off focusing on Nick Fury and, um, the, uh, Black Widow, Mm -hmm. um, that's basically, while it is taking, the movies and going a different spin. It's basically what it's really doing is it's taking a comic book called Fury's big week that tries to match. Um, yeah. Well, I want to, I want to, I want to talk to you about that in a minute specifically yeah. because I saw a tweet where you mentioned something um, right. about, about that timeline. So as we get into that episode, right. I, I definitely want to get into that, into that with you. Um, Lucas, did you have a favorite of the two? Yeah, I would definitely go with um, you know the, the whole Avengers Initiative one. I okay. guess because just familiarity with it, right? Uh, you no, know, because I, I know. I mean, I know obviously the Doctor Strange movie, but uh, limited on 
the backstory up until you know Adam's <laughs> feature that I mean, he helped me out. In fact, I almost I guess I should have said it when you were talking about it. After watching it and kind of working through it, I, I, I ordered uh, the Toy Biz Doctor Strange. So I may get with you about getting a cape. For oh, nice, <laughs> nice. So, but yeah, I, I like the first one, uh, the Avengers Initiative one. Uh, just you know, you know what would it? I mean, I know we'll talk about it. What would it be like? If, right. You know, Avengers yeah. never got assembled. Yeah. What um when when you it, it's it's the, the 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 official titles are for the third episode in the series what if the world lost its mightiest heroes and then the fourth episode is what if doctor strange lost his heart instead of his hands and um and so this is the uh the, this is the, those are the the official titles of those two and that's one of the things that we don't really get um I guess it's there on Disney Plus, uh, but you know, a lot of times with these shows, with TV shows, you're kind of used to having kind of a a title out a little ways. Like you can go on IMDb and 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 they would have released through the press or through the media the titles coming up. And this is how it used to work with Smallville and everything. Here, it's just kind of like, well, we think this is about this. What you have we got a title for this yet? And and not really. Um, so let's talk about what if the world lost its its mightiest heroes. And the very first thing I want to get into, Adam, is this. I saw you tweet or post on Facebook or something where you you mentioned that the Watcher in this episode mentions that all of these things happen within the course of a week or so. And you're like, well, the timeline does I mean, you went full on comic book guy. You're like, well, that's not quite right. They try to make the timeline fit, but it does it totally doesn't fit correctly. Um, what is the problem with this all happening within course in the space of a week's time? Uh, and and is there a way around that? Right. Um I in full disclosure, I actually did some some preliminary work. Uh, looking at at this week at this Fury's Big Week comic book that that try attempts to match everything up, um, and I did s- some research and examination into that for a project I was working on, um, and what I found is because uh, because it, it try it tries to match up um, Iron Man and uh, Thor and uh, the Hulk mm-hmm. in one week. And then at the end, uh, Captain America comes in a- after that week is over. Right. F- Fury goes up and retrieves him. And it, it just talks a little bit about the retrieval of Captain America. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I found is, you know, they put them all in one week. But um, there's a problem with the timeline because in the very beginning, of it, it, or it's it's Iron Man 2. Mm-hmm. The one with, um, what's his name? With Whiplash. The electric, yeah, Whiplash. Whip, whiplash. <laughs> Mickey. Whiplash. Um, but the problem with Iron Man is that uh, in the beginning, uh, if you watch closely, there's there's one or two spots where there's between scenes, there should be like several weeks going by. It's not it's not a day to day thing. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're not paying attention, you might not realize it, but it can't. It, it's not a day to day thing. The other problem is, if if I remember correctly, there's there, uh, you know, Tony Tony jumps into that Grand Prix racing, the Monaco mm-hmm, race, mm-hmm. Um, and his birthday is supposed to maybe it falls on the same day or it's right around there. But um, they tried really hard with making the movie to actually 
coincide with a, a real, real world race. But the real world race and his birthday, the way they have it matched in the movie doesn't match in the real world. And it, it creates a problem. Um, and also, uh, Thor is fine, uh, but in the Hulk, uh, after they have that incident, I think it's at the university where he bursts mm-hmm. out of the glass and yep. they have all the tanks shooting and stuff. Then him and his girlfriend, Betsy Ross, go on this road trip. Uh, well, it's just, be- it's just Betty Ross. It's not Betsy. It's just oh, Betty. Yeah, right. yeah. Bet- <laughs> Betty Ross. Yeah. Um, God bless America. Go- <laughs> They go on a little road trip, uh, and it's really weird because it it goes night and day and night and day and night and day while they're they're on that trip and they're in the hotel, and too many days go by. And the way they've correlated these movies in the comic book, it just doesn't work. Okay, it just, I'm going. I'm going to. Okay, and you've you've obviously done the work here, and yes. so I'm going to. I'm going to. I'm going to defer to you, but but. I, I'm going to push back on this instance. It, can the week not be traced from the time that Nick Fury actually steps in at the Sir Step Out of the Donut moment with with Tony at at the diner at the donut shop, and then from there that begins the week for Fury because within that time frame, Coulson does end up going out to New Mexico. Fury right. d- tells Tony he's got a situation out in the West Quadrant. Um, and then at the end of Iron Man 2, as Tony is back talking to Fury, you see on the screens the incident from mm-hmm. Culver University. And right. so Culver University happens, and they're, that night they stay out in the woods, out in the because mm-hmm. the Hulk turns to the night. The next day they're at the hotel. It doesn't necessarily they stay at the hotel overnight. They just go rest. And then they're in Virginia, so they can get up to New York, you know, in mm-hmm. in in good enough in, in making good enough time. And so let's say, but let's say they do stay overnight at the hotel. They leave the next morning, head up to New York. They're there by that afternoon. They're meeting uh, Sam, Doctor Sam Stearns, right? And his name Stearns. Anyhow, the leader. They're meeting with the leader, and um, by that night, the army has convened, and abomination is back. And abominations on the scene. Meanwhile, out in New Mexico, all this other stuff is mm-hmm. happening, you know, and going on simultaneously. And Fury's up in the north because there was a deleted scene in the Hulk where, and he talks about it in Avengers, where he goes to uh, shoot himself in the head, but the Hulk won't let him. The Hulk spits the bullet out and he gets angry, and there's a deleted scene. The whole purpose of that deleted scene is to show you Captain America being, you know, his everything about him being freed from the ice. And you have to pause it to see the outline of Captain America in the ice, but he's in there. So so I can see where it might work out as a week. I don't, you know, just like I say, just. It, it, it doesn't work in the comic book. Okay. But it may work for the what if because of the way they've cut it. Right. Yeah. Because you're right. They start, um, they kind of start with Tony Stark at the diner. Mm-hmm, so that mm-hmm. get, that gets rid of all those, that cuts out all those problems I talked about because they happened before it. Right. And in, in this episode, Hulk blows up, you know, he blows at, up in that fight. Right. At the so, university. Yeah. The, the car ride would take place after that. Right. 
So that cuts that out. So maybe the what if works, but the I, th- I don't think work. I think the movies do work. I think I think you just got to pick your place of where you start that week at. And I think the week starts the minute Fury comes on the scene. Obviously, he's been monitoring Tony, and he sent Natasha there to uh, mm-hmm. watch over Tony. You know, to to kind of infiltrate what's going on there with Tony right. as Pepper becomes CEO and everything. But I think the week does work from the stance that if you start at the diner at the donut shop. Mm-hmm. You know, you're there with Tony for a few days. They're overlapping, and everything is overlapping. Remember, everything is kind of happening, and so I, I feel like you can make it work. I, I think you can. I, I, I think Maybe. with very, <laughs> with very, I think with very little, with very little work, you can make it work. So, <laughs> especially because because something happens in the what if Lucas that doesn't happen in the uh-huh. movies, and that is that that Fury because of what's going on with the killing of the other. Uh, potential avengers fury is at the shield facility in new mexico where the hammer is right and so he's there when thor gets shot and everything and get and that didn't happen in the movies in the movies fury wasn't there it was all colson so you know so so some things did get changed around of course timeline wise and everything oh, yeah. i mean ripple effects i mean come on. yeah now lucas yeah. as you were watching the the what the the what if the 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 earth mightiest heroes didn't live or whatever the, or what it is Lo, the world lost its mighty heroes um d- did you when was your first clue that it was hank pym and not loki um and we you know we talked a little bit uh, was it earlier this week yeah yeah we we had it just for those uh listening at home we had a quick uh um action figure swap rendezvous and mm-hmm. yeah it was very quick very fast very fast yeah, this is really in a ollie's parking lot Somebody that was watching us on surveillance probably thought some other deal was going down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, and in that moment, I tried to tell you, and you're like, no, just, just hold it. Hold it hold yeah, it just wait. Just save it. Yeah. Um, you know, when uh, um, when Hawkeye's, you know, in isolation there, you know, he's 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 sweating. You're like, I know what, I, I never miss. I, I didn't shoot and all this stuff. Next thing you know, he's dead. I was like, okay, somebody invisible or something's happening there. So I was trying to figure that out. So then uh, when uh, Black Widow goes and sees Betty and she's talking and she says nanotech and she said nanotech, I was I was thinking Ant-Man mm. right then. As soon as I heard nanotech, I was at Ant-Man. OK, I um, see. So I guess I missed that when I was watching because the whole time I was thinking Loki, I, I really thought it was Loki mm. that he was going ahead, that somehow he had decided he'd just go ahead and take out all these people. Um, but then when he shows up to say, you know, uh, to to tell Fury, hey, you killed my brother. I'm like, oh, he's totally using all this. Just take over. Adam, did you did you hone in on the fact that, or did you have any other theories watching this as to who was taking out the Avengers one by one? I thought it was Loki up until the fight that um, Black Widow had with the invisible person. Right, and me I too, yeah. The way she was moving, it was obviously an Ant-Man. Yeah, I, that's that's when it was, and even then, I didn't notice the way she was moving. It's just when she said it's all about hope. I was like, hope? Oh, Who yeah. is hope? And then I realized, right. like, hope Van Dyne. Oh, something's happened to her. This is Hank Pym. Like I realized to me, this is Hank Pym, and uh, and and I thought that was a great twist on on the whole yeah. situation and everything. Um, it the, was the episode, you know, ends on. You, you mentioned it, Adam, that both of these episodes kind of end on a downer. But Lucas, the the whole thing does also end with some hope there uh, mm-hmm. for this particular universe. Um, 
are we, I guess we're to believe that in that world, Loki actually takes over the yeah. world. Yeah. I mean, cause so mm-hmm. we see there, you know, and that same speech is reminiscent of what the one in Avengers when he's outside, what is it? The museum yeah. or the gala that they had. He took the guy's eye, you know, mm-hmm. how, right. And he comes out there and talks about how they were meant to be in subjection. Everybody's bowing and all that. Seems like it was the same speech, but yeah, he's there at the UN. He's got all the guards with him. And uh, so it looks like, you know, the, the U S kind of, or U S I say the whole world looks like they just just rolled over. Yeah. Without a fight. You know, before he came on his own, now he comes with all these people because of Thor's death, Mm -hmm. you know, they're rallying around the cause. Hey, you know, the prince is dead or, you know, Thor's dead. So Loki's going to lead the charge. But but also, Adam, if if events played out in Asgard the way they do in the films, Odin is out of commission while this is going on. Right. So Loki is free to kind of because Odin was in the Odin sleep, remember? Um, and so Loki is is basically running roughshod over everybody, and and in the movie at the time there was no guarantee that Odin would wake up, and if and also with no right. Thor. And 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 Loki's plan was to have the frost giant come in and kill Odin, you know, and then right. kill the frost giant. Uh, the whole idea is is Loki. Odin may be completely out of the way because there's been no Thor to stop Loki right. and to stop his machinations. Right. So, um, so we're in a situation in on that Earth, especially where that happens. But I love the hope at the end with the shield with mm-hmm. Captain America, and then the fact that. You know, the one one of the things that is is always the fun exercise when reading the what if stories or, or in this case watching them is to try to figure out what hasn't changed from what we know, and, and so in the MC universe in the MCU, the um, what had not changed is back in the nineties, uh, Fury was given a beeper, mm-hmm. and it was and it was to contact Captain Marvel. You know, so that and so she shows mm-hmm. up as well. And um, in its own. You see, with the appearance of her, after what we saw in the MCU with her, I mean, she's going to make short work of Loki and those guys. Right. You, yeah, maybe, maybe. I mean, they're still Asgardians and they're warriors, you know. I don't I, know. I mean, the way she took down, you know, um, oh, what's the dude? Thanos? The, well, Thanos, the Kree ship. I mean, all those things yeah. by herself. You know, maybe she's a little overpowered, but yeah, uh, you I think, saw that. What, I was like, you think so, Lucas? You think she may be yeah. a little overpowered? I mean, poor Cap's gonna like carrying, uh, you know, her lunch. You know, that's so right. I don't know. The two captains, right. the two captains, America and Marvel. But at least there's some hope there at the end and that sort of thing. So, mm-hmm. um, any Easter eggs you guys found, Adam? Any anything that stuck out Easter egg wise in that episode to you? Uh, not really. No. Um, apart from just references to to the movies that are matching up i didn't see anything extra that wasn't there already yeah yeah that lucas you you got anything because you said you were looking i i found well one stood out to me right away yeah black widow's in the van Mm -hmm. and she you know takes the handcuffs off and she just is high talent just annihilating i mean it took me right back to the elevator with captain america i mean because some of those same dudes you know at least the way they're drawn Looked like those guys in the capital, uh, the the elevator when Hydra's being revealed to be part of Shield, right? right. And you know, and honestly, she 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 did better than Cap did on that. She took them out a lot quicker. <laughs> now, granted, they have magnetic locks on Captain America, all that stuff in the elevator. Um, 
so that, that was really cool. One of the things, and I'll have to admit, I, I went back and watched the clip to confirm this. So mm-hmm. the the pizza pizza delivery outfit in the lab with Betty when uh, Bruce is hiding, same one from the Hulk movie, the red and the hat and the, the jacket. Right, right, yeah. So I thought that was pretty cool. Um, so that those are the two that I you know really kind of stuck out to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had been hearing some people I, said that there was a rumor about there was a mention or a indirect mention or uh, of uh, Winter Soldier's activity. Did you guys catch any of that? I didn't. Uh, I'm sure it was probably. I'm sure it was probably while. Um, uh, I almost said Sam while Nick Fury and and uh, and Black Widow were talking though. It, well, no, they said it was something to do with where Hope was killed. Um, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. So they're saying um, where she was killed, like somewhere in the Ukraine on mission, it was happened to be linked to a comment that Black Widow made some other time in the MCU about where she first encountered the Winter Soldier. Yeah, yeah. Well, that would have been in the Winter Soldier. That would have been in Captain America Winter Soldier when she yeah. when she mentions that. So. That's so, interesting. On the coffins, when they're walking by the coffins, and the coffins are all draped with the different uh, symbols, those actually are symbols that come from uh, what's called the sunburst variants of, uh, of of some comic book covers. Back in the day, you had a situation where the heroes were all removed from this world, and you had the Heroes Reborn story arc that took place. It was a whole. It was the onslaught stuff that took place in the X Men universe, and the heroes sacrificed themselves to stop onslaught. But they didn't really sacrifice themselves. They actually found themselves in like a pocket dimension that Franklin Richards had created, and it was an Earth on the exact opposite side of the sun from us. And um, and so when they all come back to the proper universe, uh, there was a bunch of relaunches, and so you had you had the main covers and the variant covers were what they called sunburst covers. And on the sunburst were these images. So like you had the circle with the hammer in the middle for Thor. You had a circle with a fist in the middle for, um, for Hulk. You had a circle with like a hand with a repulsor ray, uh, being there for Iron Man, you know, so all of those things are throwback to, to those symbols that were specifically from around that time. I think they've been used, since in the comics, but uh, but that's the first place I remember seeing them. I remember seeing them on some Marvel Legend boxes too. Yeah, I'm yeah. Sure yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I thought that was neat. I thought that was kind of a neat, neat little deal. Go ahead, Adam. I guess there's the the Easter elephant in the room. Dare I in it that Scarlett Johansson has a lawsuit with Disney, and she just happens to be the only major character who's not voicing her character in in this show so far. So that, well, that's a little interesting. Well, Robert Downey Jr. didn't do Iron Man. Oh, he didn't. No. Uh-uh. Oh, he didn't. No, that oh, was. Oh, I um, thought he did. Yeah, yeah, but his was just a you know snippet. Or hers is you know pretty much throughout. Yeah. Right. right. It was Mike Winger well, did the voice of Tony Stark. Um. Yeah. Everyone was there pretty much. Yeah. Uh, obviously, well, Dick- Liv Tyler didn't do Bet- Betty Ross, and quite frankly, for this particular era, Ed Norton should have been Bruce Banner, but it was Mark Ruffalo. That's true. You know, Mark Ruffalo right, doing so. Right. Um. Yeah. So, question, question about um, something because uh, you know Hank Pym. Obviously, we know he's the 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 bad guy in this one. 
Is it just me, or does that look like the yellow jacket suit that he's it, in? It is indeed the yellow jacket yeah, suit, Lucas. Yeah. Okay. In in the comics, um, in the in the Marvel cinema in the Marvel universe proper in the comics, Hank Pym takes on the identity of Yellow Jacket um, after he's been gone a while from the Avengers. This character shows up called Yellow Jacket, and he's doing all these great things and like he's beating the Avengers and all. And it's like, what is going on? And then all of a sudden, he takes the Wasp. And says, you're going to marry me. And she's like, okay, great. And she's excited to marry Yellow Jacket, even though he hasn't taken his faceplate and no one knows who he is. But something happens where she realizes it's Hank. And the reason he was attacking the Avengers is because there was some type of mental control over him. I think it's tied into Ultron stuff and everything because there was a lot that was tied in with Hank Pym. But So that was the first Yellow Jacket. And so he was Yellow Jacket. But you gave me a neat theory Lucas, that in this world, he may have actually, because of what happened to Hope, shared everything with Darren Cross right, and developed the whole Yellow Jacket persona out of that. Yeah, because uh, I went back and watched a little bit of Ant-Man after right, that, too. Right, uh, You know, one of the things they talked about in um, Hope, you know, warns Darren, uh, I think even Hank warns Darren, you know, Expose time or uh, time in the suit alters your brain chemistry. Yeah, it'll make you crazy. Yeah, and I mean, you definitely see Hank Pym at the end of this episode. He's out of his mind. I mean, he's part of his grief, obviously, uh, but then there's there's a little something extra there too. Well, in the comics, unfortunately, Hank was always kind of unstable. Really, um, okay. to the point that they even did a storyline where he was abusive toward Janet, and. Um, and so he he's not got the best reputation in the Marvel universe, okay. um, because of some of that. But yeah, so that kind of is is a in the Ant Man movies that's kind of a throwback to that. But obviously he's drawn in such a way with crazy eyes and mm-hmm. you know everything else. I I dug that fight at the end though, with when because I because I was sucked into thinking it was Fury, yeah. you know, and I'm like, right. how does Fury know he's coming? And I and and then it ends up being Loki, and yeah, I just was- thought that was really cool. Mm-hmm. Well, here, here's a question about just, I guess, all of these in general. And I know we'll get to the one in Strange uh, in just a moment. But what do you guys feel about the the major, I guess, pivotal what-if moment uh, not being in the episode? So like this one, Hope's death. I mean, it's, that's really the pivotal moment that sends all this off the rails. We saw it in uh, Captain Carter. We saw it when it happened. Okay. Uh, we did we see it in the uh, T'Challa Star Lord one? Oh, yeah, yeah, because he gets taken yeah. instead of he gets right. taken instead of Peter Quill. Yeah. yeah so we saw mm-hmm. that one, we, but we really don't see it in this one. I guess we see it in the Doctor yeah. Strange one. Um, I, I, guess. I think I'll answer that first. I'll go ahead and say I'm okay with it because I think that one of the things about these what if stories is sometimes there is that air of mystery to them. Mm-hmm. Right, like I like like you understand the title is what if the Earth lost its mightiest heroes? Okay, well how did it lose them? And then suddenly you're on a murder mystery, right? Um, you know from from the outset, you know, and and so what what does that do? And then why is this happening? You think, and it's, it's a little bit of misdirection too, because you think it initially that Tony dying there at the table as she injects him, you think that's the moment. You know, right. you think that's the thing that changes everything. And really, that is the result of what changed everything. And so you have to, so you're kind of told why that happens at the end to kind of, because that's just good storytelling, you know, when you're talking about a mystery and that sort of thing. Um, 
So I didn't mind it so much. I don't think that we have to have... See, I think he messed up. I, they messed up in the first... They didn't mess up. But in the first episode, when they're like, there it is right there, that moment, you know, I I think that kind of set people up to think, well, oh, this will be kind of the formula for the series. But I don't think it has to be the formula for the series, Adam. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think um, in in a sense, we still get it because they at the end, they tell us, Um, although Hope's death isn't isn't actually what starts it because we don't know why she became uh, an agent to begin with. So there was, there was an event prior to that that we know nothing about. Um, my guess is they, they probably, I, I, I mean, they, they know that they didn't include that moment. They're probably conscious of it. There was probably a lot of dickering back and forth of how are we going to do this? We really should have that moment in the episode, but we can't do it and achieve what we want. So I, I don't think it's accidental. I'm sure they had great deliberation over it. So, yeah, well, yeah, obviously, like I say, it's a storytelling device that, you know, if you, you decide if you're going to, what kind of story you're going to tell. And in this instance, it's a, it's kind of a psychological thriller mystery kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and to do that, you have to withhold some stuff for the, for the reveal at the end. Well, can I, can I pull back the curtain a little bit on my head, my head cannon now? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so after watching this episode, uh, going back and watching Ant-Man, uh, granted, as I've acknowledged from on the onset, I'm just limited to my MCU viewing a little bit of comic from what I learned from you guys. So look back at Ant-Man, you know, you've got a pivotal moment. Uh, obviously mom disappears. All right. Uh, he never, uh, Hank Pym never really talks about it with hope. So she sends, he sends her off to boarding school. Finally, she kind of comes of age, comes back home. Uh, she in the, in the MCU world, she uh, comes to Pam, uh, Pim Tech and votes out Hank, you know, on the board, mm. uh, and then becomes this confident confidant with Darren. But then eventually sees the direction she's going. She comes back to her dad. In this world, the what if? Now this is maybe where I get crazy. What if? Okay, here we go. Off. This is the off. This is the. This was on the editing room floor. We didn't see it, but here it is. <laughs> what if? All right. Uh, Hank Pym and Darren, you know, they're fast friends. They work on the yellow jacket together. Hope comes back, sees this. Instead, she wants to follow in her mom's footsteps, joins up with S.H.I.E.L.D., and then, boom, that's where we have this incident, whether it was, you know, in the Ukraine where Winter Soldier killed her or who knows, and then whatever. Mm-hmm. So, that's kind of where I'm at. So. I, I, I think, yeah, I think I think that's an easy, I, you know, I think that's an easy step to take is that, hey, obviously the difference in this world is Hank told her what happened. Hank was honest with hope, you know, and that led hope down a path of wanting to serve the way that her mom did. And, and Bob's your uncle, she dies, Mr. Coach Klein. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and, and that sets Hank off, you know, I don't even know that she has to be like, you know, hateful and rude. I I think she just, she says, Oh, I'm going to honor her memory this way, you know? That's that's kind of my. Of course, I usually think the best of everybody in comic books, except the villains. So, uh, you know, that's kind of where I where I stand. Um, so uh, yeah, I, look, I I really like the episode overall. Though I thought it was, mm-hmm. it's fun seeing everybody. Yeah. I'm I'm hoping it's not the only bit of Hulk we get. 
uh, in this series. And it looks like, you know, based on what appears to be coming down the pipe, it may be, we may not get much more Hulk than that. Um, but I'm always glad to get whatever Hulk I can. Hated to see him die, but I'm always excited to see the Hulk regardless. He, you know, he's, he's my favorite there in the, in the old Marvel universe. So, um, this is the way you can kill him. I mean, I was just like, how in the world are they going to kill the Hulk? Well, they blow him up <laughs> from the inside, <laughs> but explode Early. his heart. Yeah. Whoa. Cause his heart to explode. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was almost comedic in, in the way that he, it was, in yeah. the way that he, he did things at first and then it was gross. Um, yeah. so moving on to the next one and it's what if Dr. Strange lost his heart instead of his hands. And y'all, this is a twilight zone. If ever there was ever, there was a twilight zone episode of what if, because this episode is, you know, it is the whole, it's a morality tale that ends with just depression and, and, and sadness. Uh, it's, it's, it's really, it's a tragedy. Um, a tragic story with a lesson learned, you know, there's a fixed point. You can't change a fixed point in that universe, but, uh, um, wow. Wow. What an episode, Lucas. Yeah, I agree. Wow. What episode. And, you know, I think you had mentioned it when we first started about how these episodes are kind of like the twilight zone. And this, like you said, really had the feel, you know, um, Ray Bradbury, you know, back in the Twilight Zone over there, and he'd kind of give the side narration or whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've got the Watcher doing that here. Um, mm-hmm. and just super, super creepy in that regard. Yeah. Yeah. The Watcher got- really, the Watcher really steps up in that episode. Like, it does. more than just narrating, he's like, look, I could, I, I do have the power to stop this, but I can't. I'm for, you know, like he, you get into yeah. that society a little bit because Watchers are forbidden to interfere. You know, they all they can do is observe. And um and so that's what makes Uatu so special is he actually he figures out ways every now and again to observe but still help out a little bit. Um you know, like, hey, I can't tell you to go over here and do this. I can't tell you to go to Galactus' ship and find the ultimate nullifier, but if I could, that's what I would tell you. You know, and uh yeah. and so that's kind of the the their shtick but um but it it really is it's a whole different kind of sorrow you know this Stephen strange um uh, again lucas really you know you said we see the moment that where it changes but in a lot of ways we don't really because because this Stephen strange is going to his award ceremony With Christine, who he's obviously being very kind to and very sweet with, you know, and what we see in the movie is they'd had a relationship that he kind of, he housed it up, you know, oh, house, uh, you know, he's, he's very much like the house of the MCU where he refuses to get close to anybody, refuses to be kind. And Mm -hmm. here we see, we see a more loving, kind Stephen Strange who cannot accept that the love of his life is now dead. Yeah, so uh, I guess the off-the-screen what-if, mm-hmm. just like we had with Hope, is the fact that you know a genuine relationship developed between him and her. Right. So much so that when he's going to this awards deal, he wants her to go and to be there and to celebrate with him and everything. Whereas in the MCU, you know, he's doing it by himself and he's taking phone calls about possible cases or all this stuff. So there was a defining moment where they genuinely fell in love, and then that's why, why his heartbreak is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. 
Adam, as we're watching this one, you know, and you're going through, um, everything happens after her death the way it happens pretty much in Doctor Strange. Like he, he, you know, mm -hmm. he goes on the, on a similar adventure, learns all this stuff right. and everything. And, um, and then decides he's going to, uh, going to go back and, and change things. But something that's different in this is the ancient one actually steps in and creates her own. What if like, what if in this, what if, mm -hmm. what if Dr. Strange doesn't mm -hmm. choose to do this thing? And so, You've almost got two alternate mm -hmm. realities and one alternate reality going on there. Yeah, I think um, I think that's that's uh, that's definitely a paradox here. And there there was something else uh, towards the end like that that I was thinking about, but I, I forget what my train of thought was. Um, there, there's also something. Uh, interesting to me uh that motivates uh this all his choices and this the storytelling because um you know all three of us are christians and we believe mm -hmm. in life after death that there's something beyond death but in the the mcu to this point they have they have been self self aware of of making it a, a rule that there isn't life after death that, mm -hmm. that everything kind of ends at, at least so far because mm -hmm. um, the, the ancient one was very clear that she could never see past her own death that presumably there was nothing and to dr strange when christine dies there's nothing so he's motivated you know to bring her back at all costs and but to me, as a Christian, you know, I, I know that my loved ones are in heaven. And the last thing I would want is to bring them back to this earth and go through that suffering again, because they've already completed that path and they're in paradise. So I would I would never want I would never think to go through what he's doing if I had the power. So it's, right. it's interesting to me that that point of view, that that world and life view comes out. Uh, mm. in the storytelling and in his motivation like that, um, because that's all he's got. You know, it's it's kind of like the Sith and, you know, in Star Wars, where as far as George Lucas was concerned, the Sith don't have an afterlife, whereas the Jedi do, though mm. they're changing that of late. But that's another story. Oh. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's I mean, you make a great point that that for all intents and purposes death seem true death seems to be final in in the MCU um it gets even discussed a little bit when you're talking about the soul stone and and what's going on there the closest we've come to an afterlife is what we see in black panther with with T'Challa right, and his ancestors yeah. and everything right um and and so but even then there's no coming back from that there's no right. there's no return it's almost like Stephen Strange is stuck in maybe the bargaining part of uh, of grief, you know, that he's he's gone through his denial and and he's gone through the anger and everything, but now he's to bargaining. And the bargaining is if I can get the power, I can bring her back. I can stop things from, from happening this way. And then you find out that apparently absolute power does indeed corrupt absolutely. Yep. Because because of the path he he goes down, um, 
he takes on a much different look. Lucas, you know, we talked about, you saw the figure, you've seen the what if figure. And of course now we've seen it in in the comic book, Lucas, but um, you really do have the face off between those two Dr. Stranges. Like you really do see it. Lucas, it reminded me of Superman three. Oh yes. Yes. In the, in the, uh, the, in the uh, junkyard oh, salvage yard yeah, yeah the junkyard dude that's an epic scene i love that dude, but you know you had you had the one superman looking all dirty and nasty and everything and and i love my dad used to my dad used to try to make a, a moral story or a, or a sermon illustration really out of everything we watched and so <laughs> superman three's there he's like yep that's just like sin it gets on you and messes you up you ever notice how superman when he's good he's never dirty never messy look at that look how messed up he is when he goes evil same thing with this doctor strange like he looks gaunt and sick and and like he does not look like he doesn't look good you know from well, a let's just be real it's sorcerer armani anyway it's not doctor strange that's right <laughs> That's right. It's Sorcerer Armani. Sorcerer Supreme Armani. Sorcerer Supreme Armani again. Sorcerer Supreme Doctor Strange. That's right. Oh man, it was a wicked battle. I mean, that's for sure. I mean, he was just he was like Count Dracula on steroids or something. I don't know. It was it was some crazy stuff. Well, even like the cloak that he's wearing, like the cloak of levitation changes, you know, the way it looks <laughs> yeah, and everything. He did it for some bug thing or something, didn't he? Yeah, they, well that's the thing like mm-hmm. it's it it reminded Adam. It's it's funny you've got the sorting hat on because it reminds me of um, the the scene in a lot of ways when uh, Lupin is teaching the kids the ridiculous spell, and yeah. and that thing comes out as a bunch of different thing you know out of the out of the closet. So everything they have to defeat, and then ultimately here comes Harry, and it's like oh my gosh, it's a Dementor, you know, um, and that's kind of what he was doing. Every little verse, it's this little bitty evil gnome. And and did you notice that everything that came out? My thing is like everything. There was nothing good that came out of that dimension. Everything that came out was like evil. Mm -hmm. So I don't know what that's about. Yeah, it did start with that crazy looking gnome. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. And then uh, what was the next? There was a deer in there and a dragon and everything else. And well, that 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 brings up a good question. So Mm -hmm. okay, when he first started it, you know, you had the thing with the tentacles. Right, up and you know all that. So then he finally defeats it. But is that the same thing that was in Captain Carter? And there we I go. So, there yeah. we go. And there's yeah. the question. We we talked about this with Captain Carter. I've seen one individual, and I'll go ahead and and give him a shout out. At Screen Crush, Ryan Airy over at Screen Crush, has talked about how he thinks that those tentacles are a particular interdimensional villain. We mentioned him on. Um, on the last uh, on the on the last episode that we did together, Shumagorath or Shumagorath, okay. um, he's he's all tentacles and a giant eyeball, um, mm-hmm. and all we've seen are these tentacles, and we've seen you know in the first in in Captain Carter we saw them shut the portal and the tentacle get cut off. Here we saw Strange just shut the thing and cut the tentacles off and absorb just that bit of that. Yeah. You know, whatever was left there is Adam. Do you think this is the same being, like the exact same being, or do you think it's an alternate universe version of that same being, or is it just happened to be? Let's just get some tentacles going. <laughs> uh, I I also uh, I was looking looking up uh, Marvel tentacle monster magical yeah. monsters, and so I, <laughs> I came up with the Shumagora. 
Um, it's not a character that I have really crossed paths with before. Uh, reminds me of DC Starro, yeah. um, which mm. I only know from uh, the recent movie. Uh, I think it could go either way with, uh, you know, different versions of the same one, but I suspect it is this Shumagorath, and because we've seen him twice, I think we'll see him again. Yeah. Yeah, that's I, that's what I'm thinking, and I'm wondering if there's not going to be maybe this, the, the finale of this series will be a bunch of these people coming together from across the multiverse because apparently, and, and spoilers, everyone, um, there's no title uh, yet for this for the for the fi- final episode of the season, ah. episode nine. But there is a there's at least a a rumored description on um, on IMDb, and for whatever IMDb has changed its interface, and everything is so much difficult, so much more difficult to get to than it used to be. Um, good lord. Anyhow, basically, it's the infinite, um, infinite vision is what is what he's calling himself, or infinite Ultron. So we've got some Ultron situations. We've got some. Uh, what's we, what's the number five? Is he saying about next week? It doesn't. It, no, it doesn't have a doesn't have an episode title there. And well, see, I'm still trying to get back to where I saw those things. Now there's um, is there's nine, right? Is that right or eight? There are nine. There are nine episodes. Yeah. All right. So we're on four. Yep. So five more. Yeah. Not even halfway. Just so. about though. Um, so so I don't know if maybe having an infinite Ultron, like if he like it almost looks like it's gonna be what if Ultron um got the you know, did get in Vision's body. You know, the, the Vision's body was finished is what it may be. Mm-hmm. Uh in an alternate timeline, Vision becomes an all powerful android known as Infinite Ultron. When merged with rival Android Ultron, now it's up to the newly formed. Okay, yeah. So it looks like we're going to to see maybe people come from across the multiverse there, um, and and so you may so yeah, Shuma Garath may come into play there. Um, so with the Shuma Garath, so Captain Carter, we see it when the uh, was it the Tesseract opened up a portal, right? Right. So interdimensional. Yep. So here magic opens up the portal, interdimensional. Okay. Yep. Yep. Okay. So hold on just a second real quick, Lucas, and I will um pull up a pull up a screenshot if I can here. Yeah, I think um, I got it where you can share it. And uh let's see if this will do here. I don't remember how to share screens. Uh it should be a button at the very bottom to share screen. Zoom. Uh, then I give you a little. I don't see that. I don't see that. I don't see that. Well, let me do it this way. I'll just I'll just turn my um my face into that. How about that? Hold on a second. Okay. Let me. He's a transformer, ladies and gentlemen. Yep. Here you go. Ooh. There we go. That's creepy. This is one. Was, this is one. Yeah. This is one rendition of him, but you can kind of see the eyeball. And yeah. surrounded by all the tentacles and everything. So, yep. Yeah, that's crazy. Shumagaroth. Shumagaroth. Yeah, so it it's, you know, I don't know. I Like, that's one of those things. It's de- that, is, that is a distinctly Doctor Strange bad guy. Like, you okay. know, and, and, and that is, that's the thing. is like whenever you get into a lot of these 
multi-dimensional beings like him and everything uh you these magical beings you end up and it is it is a distinctly doctor strange situation with him and so i think a lot of people are saying that this is who those tentacles belong to and i i don't see any reason i my thing is it's like if that's the case then he's outside I don't know. I'm just trying to figure out how the multiverse works because is there one Schumer Garath that is, that is at the crossroads mm-hmm. of all these different multiverses and able to reach in each one, or are there multiple universes with multiple Schumer Garath? You know, like how does right. what is his role in the multiverse? You know, because ultimately, like when you get in these cosmic beings, it gets a little. That's where it gets a little out there because in the Marvel universe. You deal with your earthbound characters, you deal with your space characters, and then you deal with the cosmic characters. And we've not really dealt with any ultra cosmic characters. The closest we've come is to Dormammu. Yeah, um, yeah. And even Shumar Garath doesn't really fall in, le- in the comic books, anyway, as far as I understand, doesn't fall under the idea of the cosmic beings like Eternity or the Living Tribunal. The Living Tribunal had a shout out in the Doctor Strange movie because. Mm-hmm. Um, that's one of the, that was one of the artifacts was the, the staff of the living tribunal or something. And, um, you know, he's, he's basically, well, he's the judge, you know, and, and, uh, and eternity is literally eternity. Like when you, if you step outside of eternity is the only way to see and interact with eternity. It, so it, it, these, these cosmic beings that Stan Lee and Jack Kirby and company came up with, absolutely mind-boggling. And it's probably more Jack Kirby than Stan Lee, to be honest with you, who came up with him. But um, anyhow, I digress. My point is this. My point is, I, I'm wondering if 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 you take and, and you may... Obviously, we've seen the sacred timeline, you know, so we know that there's this view of it as a timeline. But if you were able to take... and then, But the Watcher talks about it being like a prism, and so if you take all these different facets of the prism, at the center of that prism, is there one Schumer Garath that is able to, when the door is open, when the veil is pulled back, reach into all these different dimensions, reach into all these multiverses? That, I guess that's what I'm asking. Or are there multiple Schumer Garaths? That's my take. The, the, the definition or encyclopedic entry that I read somewhere of him on the internet, I forget where, said that he, Shumagarath, was like a conqueror or, or a lord of hundreds of universes. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So, it, you know, uh, that that's only as accurate. Well, there you go. It's only as accurate <laughs> as the person who wrote it. <laughs> but... <Yeah. laughs> So, Here's the yeah. problem. Here's the, I'm about to, for those of you watching, I'm about to look like a, a like I'm obviously I'm trying to look stupid with sunglasses on and everything, <laughs> um, but it's about to get worse. If there's a, hey, I got a sorting hat on. So <laughs> you're, not, you're not the only. Well, one. I'm about to have to put my readers on, but I don't see a, I don't see an entry for Schumer Garath in this. So, but could could the Schumer McGrath? Maybe be... it's under. Gorath, maybe it's under Gorath. <laughs> Could it be an avatar or a uh, manifestation of Kane? Because we, you know, we talked about he presented himself in different forms. 
Yeah, I I think I'm just can I I'm just gonna shoot straight with you. I know that everyone's super stoked about Kang and and yeah. he's the next big bad guy and everything. I just don't think Kang is worthy of being the Thanos of this next series of of Marvel cinematic deals. I think he's a great kind of interim, yeah. you know, leading to something greater than him. Kang is ultimately a time traveler. Yeah, I mean that's ultimately what he is, and and obviously they may make him something different in this. And and the Kang we met is a Kang that had been around for a while, and and had already done, had gotten to the end of his time. And it's interesting you brought up the ancient one earlier, uh, you know, who said she couldn't see past that moment, you know, past the moment of death. Kang has something similar happen. You know, he he get they get to the point he's like this is the point this is the point where i don't know what happens after this yeah. and it's when he's killed it's it's when uh it's when girl loki kills him and then the timelines all you know go nuts and everything um but he said you know if you kill me though you're gonna unleash all these bad versions of me essentially well that's be- well and who's to say he wasn't a bad version of himself that's true. you know that's true. um keep because he you know who's who's to say that him having the power to he was sending people basically to destroy universes. You know, when they would go and wipe out a timeline, they're basically destroying a universe. That's what the TVA was doing. So who's to say that Kang, trying to be the lord of this one timeline, wasn't the bad guy? Now, are there worse than him? Probably, you know. But again, see, he's then even confined to the multiverse as it is. Like, he doesn't have power to be outside of the multiverse, like a Shumagarath, apparently. He is, he is, he's still within that, in those, you know, in the structure of the multiverse, if there are multiple Kings. And so I, I just, I don't know. I'm just saying, I think that, I don't think that this is a version of Kang at all. I, I think that if anything, they're right about it being Schumer Garath, or there just happens to be tentacled monsters in different dimensions all over the, you know, multiverse. <laughs> the go-to. Yeah, tentacles are the go-to. That's the other. See, because I was thinking, like, I wanted to jump and say they're connected, but then it's like maybe they just, you know, they already had the animated assets and everything, so just go ahead and and use those rather than try to create something new. But mm-hmm. but the way that Marvel, you know, studios does things, oftentimes it's not as simple as oh, we just already had these assets, so we went ahead and used these instead. Mm-hmm. There's usually a reason, and so I'm I'm inclined to think that that it's. You know, to go back to stuff from phase one, it's all connected, you know, uh, from phase one and two, it's all connected. So, um, so yeah, guys, anything else real quickly about, about these episodes? Uh, Any, I didn't catch a lot of necessarily Easter eggs in the Dr. Strange because my eyes aren't, I'm not as familiar with the ins and outs of, of Dr. Strange, you know, as I am some of the other Marvel stuff. So so I might have missed some things, but I, I don't know if you guys saw any stuff. I'm sure that every one of those uh, creatures he pulled out of the other universes was an Easter egg, but I Schumagrath was the only one I bothered yeah. to figure yeah. out. Yep. There's two things. One of, them, one of them, I have a question for you guys. The first one I saw, and maybe it was just me trying to find something, because the challenge was given last time, so I was trying really hard. <laughs> So when Sorcerer Armani, a.k.a. Stephen Strange, he's got the books laid out, and he's flipping. He stops on one book, and it looks just like, again, 
kind of glanced over to Doctor Strange to get some reference material because I knew this episode was coming up. Um, it looks like those pages that were torn out that I can't remember the, the big bad or the bad guy's name in the movie. You know, he tore those pages out with a spell to right, to, uh, right. Uh, it looked like those pages were replaced in the book he was looking at, and he was spending time looking at those. Hmm. Um, so that was one thing I kind of caught, if that's indeed what it is. But the I think other so. thing, this is where I need your help. So when he, Doctor Strange, is about to, you know, face the evil Doctor Strange, Wong does that uh, protection spell on him, and he said, uh, "Vishanti." Now I heard that, or not heard it. I saw it on some of the stuff when I was helping Adam put his the slides together for his audio. So what is that with Doctor Strange? What you guys help me out, the comic book guys? I have no clue. I mean, I know some world religion stuff that's very similar, but what in the comic book? What is it? Um, in in the Marvel, I mean, I just always Doctor Strange always had these different things that he would say, and I think the Vishanti. He had the book of the Vishanti, I, I believe, okay. is what he had in the comic yeah. books. Um, I'm going to cheat and pull up the Marvel Wiki here real quick. Because um, even uh, Adam, when he was talking about that figure pack, mm-hmm. the exclusive, yeah. it was the book of Vishanti. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. The Vishanti are a trio of supernatural godlike entities who act as patrons for the Sorcerer Supreme and defenders of the Earth realm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, so they're just these elder gods, and it looks like they look like a woman, a man, and a tiger. Oh, so it's just protection of these gods, I guess. This, uh, let's see, this comes, this is where you get Agamotto from, as in the eyes of Agamotto. Um, this is where you get, uh, see if I see any other names I mentioned in here. Um, the seal of the shanty is prominently featured in the Sanctum Sanctorum's window, so the design on the window is the seal of the Vishanti. And the book of the Vishanti was designed by Steve Ditko as an homage to the design, oh, okay, of a window present in Will Eisner's The Spirit. So that's neat. Hmm. So this is just, uh, they're, they're just these, again, they're these, they're these spiritual, supernatural beings in the Marvel Universe oh. that, that play into the magic realm of everything. So... Um, really quickly, guys, before before we kind of close it out, um, over the past two weeks since we've back been together, um, I'd, I'd be remiss if, if we didn't mention that Spider-Man No Way Home trailer that dropped or the teaser that Ooh. dropped. Um, I, I mean... I've seen so many fan-made ones, I couldn't remember which one's which. Right. <laughs> well, this one, this one is... <laughs> this one's the official one, and... Yeah. <laughs> And uh, and and basically, Peter, it it kind of lets us in on the story a little bit. Peter goes to Doctor Strange to ask him to erase everyone's memory of of him being of him being outed as Spider Man. Um, this was a situation that took place in the comics called One More Day. Uh, after Civil War, during Civil War, Peter revealed himself to the world uh, in the comics, and. Um, and so in one more day, someone was trying to assassinate him and the bullet hit Aunt May and Peter's trying to get everything, you know, trying to get someone to help him help Aunt May live. And Mephisto steps up. Mephisto is not Satan. He's kind of Marvel Universe's uh, almost version of Satan. Um, 
but he's he's not. He is, but he does rule some version of the underworld. Anyway, so he makes a deal with Peter. He'll let everyone do it, but he wants Peter's marriage, and he's going to make everyone forget that Peter is Spider Man. So he saves Aunt May in return for Peter's marriage, and that reset everything about Peter's life in a big way. And a lot of fans hate it because, you know, it's like, hey, Aunt May wouldn't have wanted Peter to give up his marriage for her to live. But anyhow, in this instance, it's uh, Doctor Strange doing this for Peter. And it appears that Peter messes up the spell because he won't shut up. (laughs) It just seems kind of odd that Doctor Strange would do that. I mean, I know it's just a trailer. Haley said the same thing. Uh, to yeah, me, my wife, Strange. and Adam, I've seen theories online of people saying it's not really Dr. Strange. What say you, sir? Well, I haven't seen those theories, but I think that makes a lot of sense because that seems uncharacteristically irresponsible of Dr. Strange. Mm. So either it's not him or something's wrong with him, like he's drunk or high or something, because I don't think he would do it yeah. naturally. Well, we see we see a lot of neat things, uh, especially if you watch in slow mo, which <laughs> I tend to do if I'm if I'm reviewing a trailer. Of a course, slow-mo. of course, one for some reason, uh, Doctor Strange's house is uh, the, the the mansion is frozen. Uh, mm-hmm. It's all kinds of snow, and, so, and he and Wong are all warmed up, and <laughs> uh, and so there's no telling what happens there. But there's a shot of, and it happens real fast, and you have to watch it in slow motion. It looks like Peter's running through a cafeteria, maybe. But he has a black suit on. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've seen, the, we've seen the figure, the Marvel Legends figure, we know that has some gold trim, maybe, with a little bit of red. But, you know, hey, let the speculation begin. It's not the Night Monkey uniform. No. It is a black Spider-Man uniform. Is that what that is? <laughs> Spider-Man 3, yeah. I mean, that's what they're saying. Is it a symbiote, do you think? Or, you know, we, we don't really know what to think about it as far as uh, as far as what's going on there. Of course, the Marvel Legends guys, when they were making those reveals, didn't tell us anything. Um, what are the bad guys we see? We know... I've only caught two. Is there more than two? Well, funny you should mention that, Lucas. <laughs> uh, I, I believe there's a shot, and I'm coming to it now. I'm watching this thing in... in Point twenty five speed, so I've got it rolling right now, um, and and it's at the point where Strange is doing the spell and everything. But obviously, the trailer ends with Alfred Molina's Doctor Octopus, right, uh, from Spider Man Two, mm-hmm. um, still heralded by many as one of the best superhero movies out there. Yeah, um, I, I'm I don't disagree with that necessarily. That that'd be a fun topic one day to get a bunch of people together and talk about our favorite superhero movies, um, and give a give a top five. Um, so the question becomes now: Is that Alfred Molina? Is that Doctor Octopus from Spider Man Two? Is it definitely the same character? Mm. I will I will let you guys discuss it momentarily. Mm. Well. He died in that movie, so it would have to be him before he died. Well, but. we well, he he died. You know, <laughs> yeah. he he. Right. You know, there there's nothing to say that those arms didn't get him out of there. Obviously, it looked yeah, like they, body. it looked like they shut down. But come on, uh-huh. you know, <laughs> yeah. It's not like we saw him run through with a goblin glider or anything. It, it's mm-hmm. it's comic book movies. 
Well, Green Goblin died too, though. So, right? Yeah, that's true. That's true. So it's a matter of where the timeline kind of separates and intertwines and all this mess. Mm-hmm. But again, with the Goblin serum, the Green Goblin could have come back. Well, that's the thing, you know. In comics, the the rule of thumb in comic books is. Never and dead. I know, and I know, Adam. You mentioned like up to this point in the MCU, if you're dead, you're dead. Mm-hmm. But the rule of thumb in comics is, if you're dead, we'll see you in a few months. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we'll we'll see you in a few months on the on the cover yeah. of the next, you know, the next big event episode. Um, right. I can think of two characters in the Marvel universe who have stayed dead: Uncle Ben, and. Um, and Captain and the original Captain Marvel, Marvel. Um, those are the only two characters I can think of that stayed dead. Uh, it, it, no matter how powerful the death was, Phoenix, um, you know they 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 tend to come back. In fact, there was I've got an issue of the Hulk where Nick Fury is dead and all the guys like all the Shield buddies are standing around laughing and, and joking at his fu- at his funeral. Like, hey, I remember when I died. When did you die? Remember that time you died? You know, and they're just all kind of laughing. And then, like, there's this realization that sits down, oh, this is real. This is real. Well, guess who came back down the road? Nick Fury. (laughs) So, yeah, it's, um, what I'm saying is, is like, so we saw the pumpkin bomb for Green Goblin. We've got Alfred Molina. I guess my question is, are these just characters from different universes or are they actually the Tobey Maguire villains? Because there's been these rumors. And we're told it's the worst kept secret in Hollywood, but I'm I refuse to believe it till I see it on screen that Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield are going to be in this movie. You know they they did the Spider Verse little animated deal. Ching. So I mean they've already paved the way for this. Yeah. So I, I think it can happen. I'm I'm looking forward to it happening. So. My I th- boys are excited. They watched the trailer. My my oldest, you know, senior in high school, he watched it in the middle of the night, and he's texting me, Dad, I cannot wait. <laughs> he, grew, he watched Spider-Man with Green Goblin on, like, loop. Right. He <laughs> so right. he's so excited. So, Well, yeah. and also around the 2 minute, 2 minute 12, let's see, 2 minute 13 mark, there's a situation with cop cars, and it looks to be like... A windstorm, but there's yellow electricity that is blowing up these cop cars. Oh. And we've heard that Jamie Foxx is going to be in reprising his role as Electro. Right. Mm-hmm. D- did I hear that Sandman might be in it too? Well, that's because of all the apparent sand that's blowing around when the lightning is flashing. But I think it looks more like smoke and clouds mm-hmm. that's all blowing around. I think that's more of what's happening with Electro doing stuff. Um I think we're getting Sinister Six. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Huh. Nice. I, there, I mean, there's there's been those rumors that um, there's there's cameos of of at least Daredevil, if not other Netflix characters. Right. Too. Right. Well, now hold on a second, Lucas. I may have spoken too soon. At two twenty five, you've got Happy. Uh, it, happy in the in the car. He's looking like he's looking at something. There's a lot of laser trained on some stuff, and then Peter turns around. Something's coming at him. It's the Mandalorian. No, and then at two twenty six, there's yellow lightning, and there appears to be 
if it's not an explosion, it look it looks like the shape. I tell you everything. He looking like a man. Um, it looks like a dude. It looks like the explosion looks like it very well could be Sandman Ugh. coming up out of the coming up out of the ground. So I wonder if they're gonna get that. Who is that actor? He was in Wings and yeah. something else. What? Yeah, I forget his name. That he was the best part of Spider Man Three, to be honest with you, was uh. Sandman. So we see the pumpkin bomb. It does explode. There's some cars that are blown up by it and everything. And then there's a voice. And and the voice is it Willem Dafoe that that says something. Hold on a second. Let me let me do this. I'm going to. Uh, I've got, we're gonna have to watch the trailer. Yeah. Well, we will. But I'm going to pull up the audio right now, real quick. So let's give this a listen. Make sure we all. There's the explosion. Be careful what you wish for, Parker. Was that Doctor Strange? It sure sounded like it. Or is that Willem Dafoe? Be careful what you wish for, Parker. That's Doctor Strange. That's Doctor Strange? Okay. I'll I'll, I'll allow it. You're allowed. Thanks. Adam, you gotta. You, is that Doctor? I I don't know. I could go either way on that. All right. And so then we we see Peter. He's talking to someone, and here comes the Doc Ock arms. And I mean, it's it's right out of Spider Man Two. Golly, I, y'all! I, first of all, I just want to say I love Doctor Octopus as a character. I always saw yeah. Doc Ock as Peter's main villain instead of. Norman, but that's neither here nor there. And he right. does look younger. I mean, he looks to be a different. He looks younger than he even did in Spider-Man Two. Yeah, does Alfred he Molina? Does. He looks really good for all this time that's gone by. Yeah, so I'm mean, being dead. Maybe good for him. So there you go, Spider-Man No Way Home. I'm telling you what, guys. I I have not really been super excited about anything in the Marvel Cinematic Universe since Endgame. And when this trailer dropping, it just really kind of stirred that comic booky, you know, geeky excitement up in, in, for for it because I, I I'm not you know I've I've said before on other shows and stuff when we talked about Into the Spider Verse on the Geek Out Loud, I've yet to really see the Peter Parker that I know and love from the comic books on the big screen. I think the closest we've ever gotten that Peter Parker was the animated series from the '90s. Um, but the Peter part, like by the time I was reading comics, Peter was pretty much an adult. He was dating Mary Jane. He was gotten married. And so the Peter I knew for most of my life was married, but he had the sense responsibilities. And in these, in all the movies, we've all gotten like elements of that Peter Parker, but we've never gotten the full on Peter Parker with the character that he is, the love that he has for Aunt May, the relationship he's got with her, um, the, the, just the, the bad luck, you know, but also the keeping his chin up, the quippiness of the Spider-Man. So we get little bits and pieces of that in all these different characters, but they never really bring it fully to bear. And I just, I love the idea of, though, of seeing all of these different elements of Peter Parker and these different versions of Peter showing up on on No Way Home. I think it's going to be awesome. If they all show I up. Have, I have been told by people in that would know. All right, spoiler alert, that... speculation, everybody. Spoiler <laughs> speculation. No, no, 
this is not a spoiler, but it's not speculation either. Um, that that they have Marvel has spared no expense in terms of cameos and the cast, Ooh. and that this will blow your socks off as much or more than any Marvel movie that has come before in that regard. Awesome. I, look, I'm excited. So that, I, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think expect, expect the most. Well, good. Um, well, cause, I think they're going to deliver it. Because, you know, one of the things that's happened with the Marvel Cinematic Universe that's just kind of felt a little out of whack for me the whole time, as much as I've loved everything, but the whole time it's felt a little out of whack to me that Tony Stark is the front and center of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. In the in, for how long in the Spider Man is the bread and butter of Marvel comics. I mean, like he right. really truly is, and and so for for him to just kind of be a almost a B list kind of guy and all this, you know, and Tony's little understudy has always been a little has has just kind of scratched the wrong, you know, just there's been a, it's caused a place in the back of my brain to itch a little bit. But if if we can give him epic movies where you know it, it you you just thrill with with him and if we can finally see more of him swinging through the city for crying out loud um right. then then i am i'm there i'll be there as long as you're making spider-man movies and it's and it's spider-man that is even close to what we've got in the comic books you know um i don't necessarily dig the iron spider suit like the one you've got behind you there uh yeah. but but i'm fine even if he wants to wear that a lot you know that's fine that's fine. I, I don't like him being kind of Iron Man Junior. I, I I want him to I want him to be Spider Man. You know, um, there's something about Spidey pulling the mask down over his face. You know, and then and then running and as he's thwipping off into battle that that I think is iconic more than the iron suit growing around him like he's like he's Tony Stark with nanotech or something. So, but anyway. I, Lucas, that fires me up that your boys are excited about it. Oh, because... man, Caleb is—he cannot wait. He cannot wait. So, well, hey, on a on a related but different note, what do you guys think uh, we have to expect with Shang Chi and the Ten Rings? You know, it opens coming up. out this weekend, right? Yeah. In fact, I think yeah. kind of early stuff tonight. So nice. Oh, is it? Yeah. Uh, which you know, they're just doing the movie the theater on this one. Not the Disney uh, Plus Premier Access. Well, I believe that may have something to do with a little lawsuit that's on sure, that's ongoing sure right does. now. Sure it does. Uh-huh. So, but uh, yeah, so we're we're gonna try to make an attempt to go see it on the on the big screen. I don't know if we will or not, but um, it's be hard to know that there's a Marvel movie in theater that I haven't seen. So yeah, yeah. you know, Shang Chi is interesting because I or I guess everyone's calling him Shang Chi. Um, okay. I've always said Shang Chi. Yeah. He's interesting to me because apparently I never really dug in and read that comic. Um, but apparently, first of all, there's some there's some what what uh, what our more awake friends might call problematic aspects of the original comic book series as far oh. as the depictions of 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 certain races. Um okay. Fu Manchu is the villain um, in in much of the Shang Chi story in the comics. Like Fu Manchu from the old uh, old serials and stuff. Like um, from 
let's see what from from like the mystery of Fu Manchu and and like all those books and everything from back in the long time ago. But anyhow, so he's like the bad guy in all of this stuff, which I think is really cool. But somewhere along the way of that comic book arc, it it goes from kind of the mystical kung fu aspect of everything to Shang Chi basically joins MI six, okay, and becomes a becomes a spy trying to infiltrate the organization that Fu Manchu runs. You know, and, and trying to defeat them. He's basically a, a, a an Asian James Bond in a lot of ways. Um, and which I'm told, I've never read it, but like there are people who swear by it and say it's just amazing to read. It's like a, it's it's some great stuff. So this movie could go in a lot of different directions. I'm 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 interested with the fact that they're bringing back the concept of the Ten Rings and the Mandarin. Maybe you know we'll see who the real Mandarin is and that sort of thing. Watch the little Disney Plus short. Here comes the king. Yeah, that was originally on a DVD release of one of them. I was going to ask yeah. if that was because I saw the, the date was like 2014. On yeah, it, so. yeah, I think it was if on the release it right now. I'm sure it's to right. Yeah, yeah, I think it was like on an Iron Man three release or something. You know, the, in, yeah. anyhow, um, yeah, so. So knowing that we're going to kind of delve back into this thing that started it all and, you know, and kind of and, and finally get to maybe see this villain realized is interesting to me. I like the fact that the abomination is in some kind of weird fight club mm-hmm. thing that's going on. Um, I, I'm interested to see it, Adam. Yeah, uh, I am too. You know, it's a funny thing. I had a Shang-Chi comic that I got for free somewhere, and but I got it before they announced the movie, and so I'd never heard of it. And it that particular issue looked a little cheap, so I gave it away to somebody without ever reading it. Now I regret <laughs> it. Um, but uh, I, I did read that on the interwebs that this is expected to have the low the the worst opening uh weekend of any marvel movie and that's not their fault that uh it's not the fault of the movie or anything it's just you know it's covid and it's the time i mean september 1st the summer's over it's a terrible time of the year to have an opening um so it's just bad luck well and unfortunately none of the advanced reviews that are out there really tell you if the movie is good or not they Uh, just they just kind of talk about all the aspects that people like mm -hmm. to talk about with you know with films they want to talk about the racial aspect and everything else of this and that's you know that's fine but that Mm -hmm. but they don't really say hey this movie is good yeah you know um i I think it also suffers um, from coming back to back with the snake eyes because, you know, in all honesty, two two Asian martial arts comic booky sort of movies, if you didn't grow up with G.I. Joe or this comic book or, you know, really a, an MCU fan, the, the casual viewer um, may not know the difference. They may think it's the same movie. Um, I hate to say that. That's just the reality of it <laughs> and of the of the marketing because they they really didn't. Um, they also Disney had to had to do you know let um, Black Widow have its time before they kick in with Shang Chi. So the marketing for this also came a bit late. Um, I think relative because there's so many Marvel movies this year as well. Um, so I think it suffers from all of that. Uh, and you know, it's, again, it's not the fault of the movie itself. 
Um, I think I think it's going to be a great movie. I'm going to see it on Friday. If it's good, I will see it more than once. Mm-hmm. Um, I did pick up, uh, you know, that whole wave of action figures uh, went to clearance because it's been out for so long. So I yeah. picked up uh, him and the villain uh, on clearance at Walmart. I didn't get any of the others though. I, I like the uh, I like the look of is it called the Death Dealer? The, yeah, yeah. That's a that's a good and I love the Mister Hyde build a figure in that wave. I was kind right. of stoked about that. Um, I just don't do Marvel Cinematic Universe figures if I can help it. But um, right. I've tried. I've tried to convince him, but no, you know what? Don't do it. I just don't. I, that's the thing I like about the Marvel Legends is you can kind of collect what you want to collect of them, and you know, and then they do something like that no that Far From Home or that No Way Home wave. And the one comic book character they have in their shriek, I don't really care to have. But the build a figure is the flipping armadillo, and <laughs> he looks cool. He looks so cool, and I was like, "Oh, come on, Hasbro!" <laughs> By the way, um, thanks to the cantina and the claim sale, um, Galactus is ordered. Sweet. Yeah, so I'm I'm excited to to receive Galactus. Congratulations. Well, how many backers do they end up with? Oh, dude, they busted 25,000. Oh, wow. So they weren't even at 14,000 when we last Yeah, the, well, see, when the minute it hit 14,000, um, a bunch more people jumped on. Yeah. And then when it got to the first stretch goal, uh, the 16,000, even more people jumped on. And they only did a thousand more to get to they so it was sixteen thousand to get the Frankie Ray Nova and then a thousand more to get that silver surfer with the new head sculpt. Well, once that thousand hit and that was no time flat, um a bunch more people jumped on. Yeah. And and the and the last two stretch goals to me weren't very impressive. I, I don't really know a lot about Morgue or whatever his name is. Um but uh but somewhere i guess because it got backed um a lot of people jumped on it when they knew it would definitely be coming and so 32,366 backers steve did you see um the guy i forget his name the head of their marvel legends team also said um after that doom head that they added on he alluded to the fact that there will be something um, next year that you can, in addition to all of this, that you can add on separately to this set. He didn't clarify what it is. I presume it's something you've got to buy. Yeah, I, but it, it's some way you can upgrade it even I've, further. I, I, I think he said that in a Marvel uh, fan first Marvel deal on youtube maybe i vaguely remember him saying that what is, is his name dwight um not sure it, it, the, what i saw came yeah it was a video mm-hmm. he, he, he did like a it's a video on one of his social media things i think okay no thanking thanking fans and then he alluded because he said fans were saying well if you appreciate us so much why don't you add yet another stretch goal? And right. he said, we, we can't do that, but there is going to be something next year you can add to it. So hmm. he was I, just hinting that the, there's some, going to be something even further. Wow. Well, maybe they'll be just making a wave of like uh, 
of heralds or something, you know? Yeah, could be. So I, I'm, I'm really excited. It's fall of next year, you know. So if the Lord tarries, as we say in the South, <laughs> um, you know, uh, he'll be coming to the house, and and I look forward to it because I'm I. I, I wanted him the day they announced him. Like I was like, <laughs> I've got to have this guy, but I'd kind of resigned myself to not doing it. And then the Frankie Ray, I was like, you know what? Nova is really cool. Uh, one of my earliest comic books I owned had Nova on the cover. And, um, and I, I was just like, the more I looked at it, the more I'm like, I, and so I reached out to Lucas. I'm like, could I do a claim sale and try to sell these figures? And, and I honestly thought, that I had about a hundred um, just loose modern Star Wars figures. Apparently, apparently, there's a lot more than that. Um, <laughs> Gets to the end. Oh, I found another. I found tub. two more little tubs that I think have some figures just kind of <laughs> thrown in there. So, yeah, there may be more, uh, more of those claim sales just just for the fun of trying to make make a little cash here or there you know i, I tried to keep things at a decent price yeah. and a reasonable price for it for the stuff oh, dude it was adam i don't know if you got to see any of them they were some great figure lots and yeah. some of them were hard to find figures yeah uh, my, i i got one of his lots of um uh shadows of the empire oh stuff, you so got that, that one that was, that's yeah. right that was the one yeah. of the best yeah so. that was a cool one i i never I, I missed I wasn't collecting at that point because I had sold my childhood um, collection and I was I didn't it was just before they started making me do Star Wars figures again and yeah. so I, I went a long time before I bought anything but I always wanted those because I played the video games I played that game so I've got a little bit of nostalgia for that and those were great figures yeah back then. yeah. But now, too, all of this has really kind of, and also, I'm I'm going to blame Justin Grant as well, and and I know Justin's been watching tonight, um, but uh, I it, it's drug me back into the comic book space as well, and and Lucas, you know me, you know how I just <laughs> slippery slope. Unfortunately, I don't do anything when I decide I'm going to get back into a hobby or being a hobby. I immediately think, well, I've got to do this to the top, to the utmost, you know? Mm. And, um, and so I've been watching videos on pressing comics and cleaning comics. Oh, and I'm no. like, I, I need to get a heat press and press my comics. I need to do, <laughs> <laughs> I need to do all this stuff. So, but, um, so, so I'm just, I, I, today I found myself, Wondering, I wonder if I could make a list of all the times Hulk and Thing fought because those are some of my favorite things to read in comics, and just make that my goal to get all of the appearances of them together, and uh, and so that may be what I try to do. Um, I don't know. I, I look I, again somewhere. Star Wars is in there somewhere from back in the day, you know, and and Marvel Legends. Now I can't. Let me see if I can pull this up and show you guys this. What what I'm working on right now. Um, I did get, I was really excited because they, they re-released, um, for pre-order a while back, the Colossus Juggernaut two pack that I'd missed and it finally came in. But before it came in, I reclaimed the old toy biz Juggernaut, which is right there. Can you guys see that? Yeah. Yeah. Nice. And then, um, and then there's the, 
There's the, and you can see Colossus in the background there, and of course Ultron right there in the front <laughs> from this new from this new wave. I, I I really dig that Ultron, and I dig what they're doing with the with the Kirby crackle in the mouth and everything. Mm. Um, Lucas and I were at uh, were at Ollie's, which is a discount store here in the South, and they had a big chunk of the Wendigo build a figure no. wave. Did you finish it? Well, Lucas, I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> let me let me do this real quick. Let me get back over here. There he is. Let me back oh, it up, happy. Dude. So I was able to for what were they, ten dollars a figure at Ollie's? Were they ten or eight? Yeah, nine. Let's just split the yeah, difference. There. I know the black series were like eight. So there was a Wolverine there there that was in that wave. There was the Boom Boom, who I don't even know who she is, but like mm. I couldn't get the build a figure part that she came with for cheaper than ten bucks on eBay. Mm. And there was um who else was all in that wave? Anyhow, they had everything but uh I already had the Nightcrawler, so I had the arm that had come with Nightcrawler. That's what it was. So the body and the head and the leg, and then the other leg came with Mr. Sinister. And I'd been kind of considering uh, Mr. Sinister picking up Mr. Because I don't know anything about him, really, because I was never big in the mutants. But I just love the name, Mr. Sinister, and I always loved his look. And so I found a really good price on a Mr. Sinister. And Bob's your uncle, Wendigo, ladies and gentlemen. So now, now that I've gotten through with the sale and I've gotten things kind of cleared out, I can go back to taking pictures of Marvel Legends again and re- recreating my favorite um, uh, covers. And and now that I have Wendigo and I have the first appearance Wolverine, I can uh, recreate Hulk one eighty one. You know, oh, yeah. So it's going to be fun. I'm I'm really excited about it. like. It's a it's a fun. Ho- I, I'm so glad I learned about posing and taking and. Now I've got to learn more about photography and Photoshop. But meanwhile, I've got to press some comics. And <laughs> so, oh, hey, speaking of show and tell, I took a photo earlier. Yeah. Uh, some of the photos, I mean, some of the figures I bought in your claim sale. Oh, nice. I threw into the Tantive 4 hallway shot. It's not done, but this is this is what I got so far. Kind of a... Yes. Oh, great. Nice. But that is such a cool playset. Dude, stop calling it a playset. It's a wall. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that's true. (laughs) That's neat. Now, I know know we've gotten way off topic. This is what we do on Geek Out Loud, guys. So there you go. Um, This is the substance. (laughs) (laughs) Do do either of you guys watch uh, Michael French on Retro Blasting? I've watched some episodes, okay. not re- regularly. Um, they it is a it's a it's a very um, robust channel, like as far as retro stuff goes, and and it really started as kind of an '80s toy and TV kind of review commentary restoration stuff that he did. They've and they've branched out big time in a lot of things. Um. I hope that Michael and I would be friends if we met. I don't have anything against him. He's really intense. Uh, but he is very passionate about his views on modern toys, 
versus what we grew up with in the 80s and stuff. And one of the things that he has he has beat the drum on for years is why didn't Kenner ever make a decent Bespin playset? They did for the micro collection, but they never did for the three and three quarter inch collection. Well, then when Hasbro came out with their $50 Bespin, he calls it the bridge to nowhere playset <laughs> that you had to buy two of to actually have a thing. And he, and he kind of, he kind of d- disses on the power of the Jedi, uh, carbon freezing chamber playset, which I really dig. I really thought that was a cool, fun playset. But anyway, he has worked with someone and they used the, the micro collection, uh, version of the Bespin world with the, with the carbon freeze chamber and the gantry and everything to 3d print a, an upsized playset that he's working with this dude on and guys, it looks amazing. And I, and I gotta say, check it out. It's at, it's a, I think it's the most recent video right now at retro blasting. He's yeah. going to dunk on your Hasbro love. He's going to, he's going to diss on your, you know, but understand yeah. something, but understand something. He has made, that is a stance that he has maintained throughout. Like he, and, and he's just very outspoken about it. I don't think he's ever disrespectful about anything he says. There just may be things I disagree with him on, but at least he's not a jerk about it. Um, but when he, I got it. First he did a kind of announcement video. Like this is what I'm, this is a video that's coming next week. And it was like clips of old conversations he was having in other videos about how his disappointment with different Bestman stuff or the lack thereof. And then it cuts to him sitting in a chair next to this Bestman place. And he's like eating a piece of beef jerky or something. And he just takes by. He's like, so what'd you do this week? Buy the new Haslab Rancor? Uh, do you, uh, you play with your bridge to nowhere? <laughs> and then it just goes back and says coming next week and so I've been I was on pins and needles waiting to see because I, I saw it and I'm like oh my gosh and then as he's walking through it dude it's modular you can set it up do all kinds of things you can stick gels like orange gels up under it and put lighting under it to make it have that glow oh, yeah. and uh, it's like it's that whole thing of the fans are doing the best work now because it's fan made and stuff once it begins to actually because they're still like in the prototype version of it once it starts getting made, it's going to be one of those expensive things to do. You know, we talked with Silent Bob about the stuff yeah. that he 3D prints and everything. So this is going to be a similar situation where it's just because of material and everything else, it's not going to be a cheap thing. But, man, if I had the space and the money to, to do that, like I've got so many vintage figures that I would love to just stick in that play set and like let that yeah. be the display. I, I, I was like, I, I just had to applaud him for for continuing to bang the drum, continuing to knock on doors of creators and people, you know, to do what he didn't feel like he could do. And then working with someone saying this works, this doesn't, this works, this doesn't. And, uh, and, and making it happen because it is a really, really neat thing. Check it out at retro blasting and tell them that you heard about it at Chewy's Cantina, which is a Facebook group. That's good. He will dog on Facebook toy groups all day long. Um, and, uh, or geek out loud. You can tell me you heard about it on geek out loud. <clears throat> And uh, he showed us some love on the Silent Bob uh, interview uh, that we oh, did, did with it? Silent Bob. Yeah, so I really appreciated that. Yeah, so <clears throat> so I'm I'm but I, I anyhow I just want to bring that up. That's something I've seen lately that kind of caused me to geek out a little bit. Dude, that's awesome! So, I have to definitely check it out because I've got 
I've got one of the Hasbro ones, and I ended up got one at regular price, got the other on clearance, and put them together. <laughs> it's the bridge yeah. of nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> That's what, well, I got one on clearance, and then Shaz Bizarre got one on clearance for like my birthday or something that he sent to me. And so I have two, but I just have nowhere to put two of them together. Yeah. You know, unless I'm going to do like a little photo shoot or something. But I here's the thing about those. I do like the way they look, mm. but I do, I, I'm willing to completely admit how lacking they are as far as oh. being a play set goes. Especially right. for the original sticker price. Yeah. I mean, it was, yeah. Uh, it's, it's, yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. For me, for me, it's, it's all about, you know, I'm figures first. The right. Collection figures on the card. So that, that's why I buy anything. Um, I have seldom bought any vintage collection vehicles or sets. Um, I do have, I've got two of Jabba's skiffs, um, and they're amazing. I've got them set up together, you know, and I've got my movie set like Hasbro did at the San Diego Comic Con and it's glorious. Um, and I've got, uh, I've got, um, that, um, the troop transport, uh, based off the original. Um, and that I, I like that. That's really cool though. They could have done better on a few points. I wish all the little doors open cause they don't. Um, but you know, I've, I've got, uh, the tie, uh, tie fighter as well too. And what I don't like is it, I had it sitting on my desk and just one day the spring let go and it just collapsed <laughs> and I can't figure out how to repair it. It just broke just sitting there. It broke. <laughs> Um, but yeah, what I found is they're the vehicles and sets, they're very expensive, um, and they take up a lot of space and there tends to be something about each set that's a little bit flimsy. Um, even, even the skiffs, as much as I love them, they're, they're just amazing. Um, those little rails just kind of flop off. They don't, they don't stay on, but so yeah, for, for that money, I just, I can't, even when they went on clearance, I kind of, it's like, I'm going to pass for now. Maybe as we get closer to Christmas, they'll be on clearance all over the place. (laughs) And, you know, maybe I'll get them again later, but not now. Well, the the Bespin situation, I could kind of justify even more. Like, Lucas, the wall and everything looks great. Like, I'm glad you've got it set up. But again, I just look at them like, that's not a place set. I I just, I I had a really hard time even on clearance just fine that which i don't dog on you for doing so i mean no, I, I think yeah. it looks great but but i just for me that's that's not something i could do the yeah. skiff thing adam is interesting because i've never known there to be one of the desert skiff toys that isn't a little bit mm. fragile and and flimsy right. um lucas the I, vintage one was wasn't it didn't you didn't yeah you, the vintage one like was a yeah i the rails uh, i in fact if someone knows how to find an extra railing for a vintage uh, desert skiff. I haven't been able to find one. It, they just break so easily, the way they snap in and everything. The legs, the the landing system, the the, 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 the landing gear mechanism, everything easily broken because it's all made out of plastic. You know, the, it, right. it, there's not a lot of metal to it and a, and a lot of sturdiness to it. Um, and so I can't imagine because I, all I know is everything I've gotten, well, you know what? I did have that vintage collection Boba Fett Slave One, or I guess it's Boba Fett ship now. Um, it's Fire Spray. Come on, Fire Spray is the type of ship that it is. <laughs> I know. Um, but 
and and before I sold it before I got married, but it was a really good piece. Um, of course, they've re-released that. It's 150 bucks, and I'm not going to spend that on that. Yeah. But that's a really like if you want a good Slave One, that is a really good one. It displays well. Um, it looks good with with the figures and everything with it and all. It it's a really cool cool did piece. Did you have the Jabba's Palace too? The vintage. Collection? I did break down and buy that wall. Yeah. Yeah, the vintage collection. That wall. <laughs> That's all it was. It's two walls. Right. It's Actually, not a play set. That's right. It's three walls. <laughs> I've got well, it put together cool. in a configuration yeah. to be two right now. Yeah. Yeah. I, I did. Get, I did get the Jabba's one, the palace, and I don't even know how many I own because they went on clearance for like ten bucks each, and I was like, okay, I'm just going to put the all these walls together. <laughs> nice. Nice. So, you- so I, I've got Tauntaun heads coming out the wazoo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let me just grab that that uh, that sound clip real quick. <laughs> right now at Crazy Adams, we got Tauntaun heads coming out the wazoo. Get them while they're get them while they're on sale. I tell you what, guys, and, and I'm going to talk to him and see if maybe he'll be willing next time we do this or able. Um, I, I don't want to mess up our chemistry and everything, but just talking this what if stuff and this comic book stuff and everything that we've been talking. Um, my friend, Justin Grant is, he's going to have knowledge on a lot of the stuff that even I don't have. He is, he's, he's knowledgeable when it comes to the comic book stuff. And so we may try to get him on with some of these, these things. He's had some good comments on the Facebook side, definitely yeah. knowledgeable comments. So. Yeah, he he knows his stuff, so we we may try to get him on. He's a good dude. Um, yeah, Justin, if you're listening, man, if you're interested in maybe doing one of these uh, heroes and legend spotlights like we've been doing with some of these guys, reach out to me. That'd be awesome. Yeah, text me, and I'll give you Lucas's information. I'll let you text him too. Yeah, we'll just tell. We'll, I'll just give you his just, his phone number. Yeah. So, well, that uh, I, that's all I got, guys. You guys got anything else? I'm good. That's fun, awesome. guys. Okay. Good times, good times. Adam, he plugged it in his uh, in his in his superhero segment talking about Doctor Strange, but um, <clears throat> but I will go ahead and plug it again at, at author Adam Bray on all the social stuff and uh, reach out to him, get a signed copy of one of the books that he worked on, um, Marvel Studios One Hundred One, the Marvel Encyclopedia. The did you, are you on the Visual Dictionary as well, Adam? I am. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the swag you get with these things man yeah see all this it's good I mean, stuff I, I know i mean i have all this stuff still but where is it uh here's a so this one was he signed to my son my oldest son just look at that that's cool it's got that special touch to him yeah ultimate marvel uh so yeah so reach out to adam and and let him in and, and hook in, and hook a brother up as he said it helps supplement his yeah. income during this time so um that's at author adam bray if you're listening uh on mixler you're listening to podcast and you haven't joined up in chewy's canteen and you're a bit of a collector head over to chewy's canteen and get there by going to geekoutonline.com slash cantina and it'll take you right there and, and lucas is doing stuff we're doing stuff like this every two weeks we're going to cover these uh what if episodes lord willing the creek don't rise as we say in the south and um and then there are sales that pop up every now and again and once we get in kind of a schedule and Lucas is able to kind of know how the school year is going to be going and everything, I think we'll see some more of the the live sales and stuff pop up as, yeah. as we have time and everything as well. We've so. got those. Our cantina sales are coming back. Our all-nighter sale, we're, we're talking about coming up with a date for it again. 
Next thing that's coming, uh, so be on the lookout, Cantina, is the Mystery Box Exchange. Talked Ooh. to the Candyman Jim Arcudi that last week. Uh, I'll be putting the details together this weekend, so be looking for a video to drop and some craziness coming your way. So it'll be fun. Also want to give a shout-out really quick to Kapow66 Comics. Um, yeah. Go Come check on. them out. They've got a big blowout sale coming up on September 11th at 6.30 p.m. You can find them on Facebook. Just search Kapow66. That's Kapow, like K-A-P-O-W apostrophe 66. And, uh, and, and check them out. Kapow66 Comics, Toys, and collectibles and um and i know they're getting ready to i, I think the blowout sales may be kind of a clearance sale as well and lucas are they are they yeah i know they're in some transition and i don't know exactly all the details i know monty could speak to that much better i know uh but yeah this is a big sale and they and guys great prices and excellent shipping excellent so don't worry about hey they're not close i can't pick it up they take great care of shipping comics collectibles some of the best shipping i've ever seen so and now look at quite frankly, I make nothing off of anything that we've talked about so far unless I happen to sell something in one of these cantina sales. Right. So now let me tell you about how I can make some money off of you. Use my Amazon links at geekoutonline.com and geekoutpodcast.com. If you're so inclined uh, to be able to help us out at the Patreon channel, you can do so at patreon.com slash geekoutloud. We're putting up lost episodes of the Big Honkin' Show right now, as well as some various movie commentaries. I was fortunate to sit down with Dave Jones last month for our movie that we watched together and watched Masters of the Universe from 1987 and we had a great time coming up this month should be Spider-Man Homecoming which is uh, kind of pertinent what with the uh, with the with the latest um, release of that trailer and everything that we talked about so uh, if, if you're in a, if you're in a position to help us out at Patreon we'd appreciate your help there as well uh, but those Amazon links really do help so if you want to use those to do your Amazon shopping, uh, I'd greatly, greatly appreciate that. The email is geekoutonline at gmail.com. That's geekoutonline at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you guys. Let us know your thoughts on the What If series. Let us know what you're thinking, your theories, everything else, and we'll be able to get into those as we do these shows. So uh, thanks so much for joining us, everyone who joined us here on Facebook. Thanks for those of you who joined us over at Mixler, the Mixler Zoo crew. Thanks to Lucas again. Thanks to Adam. And uh, for everyone else, we'll see you around the cantina and in the Goldiverse. Have a good one, everybody.